This episode of That Does Suit Madam is brought to you by Oopsie Daisy, the anti-blackface solution by Grace Brothers. Have you been thinking about using blackface to perfect that stage show you've been working on? The patented Oopsie Daisy device automatically takes your grease paint and throws it in the trash in one simple step. It's that easy. <laughs> Buy today and you'll receive a free copy of Tommy Easy Coats Between the World and Me. Mr. Brandon, are you free? I'm free! Hey, I'm Jeff. And I'm Brandon, and this is That Does Suit Madam, a podcast about Are You Being Sir? Hello, Unanimous. Hello, Unanimous. Hello, Mr. Jeff. Hello, Mr. Brandon. How are you doing this evening? Uh, I've had my Earl Grey tea. My, 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 um, oh, what are those things called? My fairy cakes. I'm sugared What did you up. call me? <laughs> I'm all good. How are you doing? I'm doing okay. It is summer here in the northern Mississippi area. It is hot as a toad in the hole that's been in the regular two too that's long. That's pretty hot. Yeah, but it's great. You know, um, we see that COVID restrictions are lifting uh, state by state. Uh, we see more and more uh, people getting vaccinated. We see vaccines being put into jaxies all around the world. Everyone's jaxie is full of vaccines. Mine yeah. sure is, let me tell you. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it, it's, it's great to see that the, the world is opening up uh, right in time for summer. Yeah. Um, it's also great to see all of the new fans we have on Facebook. Hachi Machi. I have to say Twitter. I think we've been doing a lot of social media posts and stuff. Um, I think that's... Uh, so hello to the, to the social media people. Is that what they call it, the kids? Well, we call them Marie and Wade and Jeff and Florence and Kristen <laughs> and Brian and Joey and Jack and Charlotte and Raven and Simon and Reese and Alicia and Peter. Thank you very much. You've all done very well. Hurrah, hurrah. Yes, indeed. Um, we also have Apple Podcasts, we have Spotify, we have Google, we have all sorts of stuff, don't we? Yeah, and uh, we'd like to take this opportunity to remind you that you don't have to wear a mask, but if someone asks you to, please do. You can put on the mask for the 20 minutes that you're at the Piggly Wiggly. Come on. The Piggly Wiggly. Oh, my God. Um, so yesterday was Wiggle Wednesday, so we did a thing on Facebook of Mr. Humphreys doing his little... Doing the Watusi? Well, yeah, it's it's the episode, I forgot which one, where um, he's wearing... Oh, the, the Jingle Bells. The Jingle, the jingle Bell, Bell knickers. knickers. And it's yeah. like, well, since it's out, I bought a pair as well. And, of course, someone snuck in and stole the bells, and that was funny. <laughs> uh, and we had the... Yeah. Um, oh, I think I know why we have so much engagement online. is because we had the LGBT Pride Mrs. Slocum Hair Rainbow post. That's true. That did get a lot of likes. That was really, really clever. And uh, we had our friends at Humphrey Slocum Ice Cream in San Francisco. That's right, Humphrey Slocum Ice Cream. Um, I think they retweeted it. So thank you, Humphrey Slocum. Thanks for I mean, the retweet. How could they not? I mean, it's sort of like their mascot, I guess, right? I don't know. <laughs> so um, even though you don't have to wear a mask, we still would like to remind you to please wash your hands because people have not been doing that lately. I went out... Friday night, and the number of people I saw not washing their hands, um, it was, was rather disgusting. And you know what? You're probably dirty, so you should probably wash your hands. That's, yeah. that's all I'll say. 
And as always, Black, Black Lives, Lives Matter. Matter. Indeed, indeed. And you've all done very so, well. So, Mr. Brandon, a little birdie tells me that we have someone special visiting us this week. That was the birdie. Yes, um, we were. Uh, I was outside um, on the water tower next to that does suit Madame Plaza. You know, with the Memphis Bridge. You know, if you heard the news about the Memphis Bridge, it had that big old crack in it. Um, not that type of crack, but the the one crack is whack. Yes, and well, especially with bridges. Um, <laughs> but I was, you know, with all of the diverted traffic going over the old bridge instead of the Memphis Bridge. All those are Kansans. There's all this extra pollution going past. Anyway, I had to repaint our our handmade painted sign on the water tower next to the plaza. So I for was, a good time, call six six two. No, Peacock. that was yes, but um, you know, there's this guy who pulled off the freeway, and he shouted. I want to be on your show. And I'm like, who is this guy? So anyway, he gave us a bribe. And um, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Alvin. Hello, Mr. Alvin. Are you free? I'm free. Hello, the unanimous. Hello. He's one of us now. One of us. One One of us. us. Mr. Jeff, Mr. Brandon, how are you? We're doing great. Thanks for joining us yeah. tonight. So yes, you're glad our, to be here. You're our second Memphisonian. Memphis, yes. Putting us on the map. What do mm. you call that? Is it Memphisonian? Memphisite? Memphian? Memphi- Ooh. Memphian. I, I okay. do believe so. Yes, that makes Memphian. me think you could live both in land and water, like Memphian. <laughs> That's amphibian. Apparently, according, according to the bridge, no. Well, maybe only on Mud Island. You see how I'm giving you all these local references? Only you, you and, and uh, other people know from Memphis. So, um, Alvin, so you, you, you insisted I come down from my long, long ladder... Correct. When I was painting our sign at great, because, you know, my back is not what. So tell me why we accepted your bribe to be on the show. (laughs) So Uh, what does this crazy TV show mean to you in 20 words or less? Well, in haiku form. Well, first of all, well, you will not get your bribe money back. (laughs) Um, uh, I've been watching Are You Being Served for the Longest? Uh, yeah. Since I was an adolescent, a kid, watching it with my sister, um, and it uh-huh. is a a really special place in my heart. As and it's like my 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 easy place to go to. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, totally. So like in today's time when the world is upside down, I go watch. Are you being served? You know, it's something I go to sleep to. Nice and familiar, it's, like a blanket. It's very familiar. I I resonate with Mr. Humphreys a lot. Because that's me. Mm-hmm. I, feel like I that's wasn't going to say it. I was going to let oh. you say it. <laughs> did you before. see my costume on the Drag Queen interview show? Hello. I did. I did. <laughs> but I feel like it's it's me. Like I'm hiding in, in broad daylight. Yeah. I, I don't I don't say anything, but here I am. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. It's funny because okay. everyone we've ever spoken to, like the guest hosts, we've had what three or four or five now. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But everyone's like, you know, I used to watch it with my family. Like it's a. Right. It's yep. like it reminds people of their when they were a kid, and you know. My roots. All that. Oh. <laughs> Yo. Little very well done there. I'm sorry. Very well done. Name drop in the episode. Of course, Thank he's you. talking about the Levar Burton miniseries, but that's a whole other, <laughs> whole other thing. So do you know folks in um, in Memphis to know the show? Were you like the only one? Like, do you have to Ooh. explain it to other people? Like, Well, you know, when I mentioned it to a lot of my friends, oh, I'm going to be on this podcast. They were like, what? 
what what is are you being served so no so it's probably just me and my sister um she's a little bit older than me she used to turn it on and we used to like watch it at night all the time so you know you and mr kyle are previous memphis site memphibian amphibian memphian um co-host uh you probably watch it on the same pbs station probably on the same pbs station yes yeah. Well, shout out to Alvin's sister. Thank you. We hope you're listening. Hope you enjoy the podcast as well. <laughs> um, and as Alvin uh, teased a little bit, tonight we're going to be talking about the Series 8 uh, finale and Christmas special, Roots. Mm. Not just Roots, Roots question Roots mark. Question yeah. mark? Mm. Oh my I, God. I think so, that question so mark is well said. deserved for this episode. <laughs> and we'll get into that a little bit later on. Yeah, it kind of was prophetic in a way they didn't no. realize. But um, so, welcome aboard, Mister Mister Alvin, and thanks for joining us here in the northern. It wasn't a long commute. But a lot of people have to fly no, right across the state lines. Yeah, a lot of people have to fly and at great expense to come be on the show. But you know, I'm glad it was a local flight for you. Little Greyhound bus ticket. No, it's all good. <laughs> yeah, you know, Hump Grace Brothers uh, coaches. So, Mister Jeffrey. What the hell are we doing? What do we drag poor Mr. Alvin away from his his evening to to listen to us yammer on about? What are we What are we listening yeah. to? So today? we are talking about series eight finale Roots, which originally premiered on December twenty fourth, nineteen eighty one, and that week in the news on the Billboard one hundred chart was Physical by Olivia Newton John, and across the pond on the UK singles chart was Don't You Want Me by The Human League. Uh, the musical Dreamgirls opened at the Imperial Theater in New York for over 1,500 performances. The mm-hmm. first American test tube baby, Elizabeth Jordan Carr, was born in Norfolk, Virginia. And okay. the cable news channel CNN Headline News made its debut. Well, damn, there was no, like, horrific I'm doing my best sandwich. to avoid all of the grotesque <laughs> bad news that we usually get. Human... A clone mutant <laughs> found in the swamp this day, 25 there's, years ago. There's None enough negative to talk about with this episode that we didn't need it in the news segment. So It is, it is true. It is true. So, Mr. Elvin, if you, uh, you know, we do tend to yammer on, so just get on in there if you need. <laughs> I'm listening. So, uh, we, open, we open the episode. What do we first see? Mr. So the entire floor is dark, and we see Mr. Harmon kind of roaming around by candlelight. Uh, it's about 10 minutes before the store opens, and Mr. Rumble joins him also by candlelight to find out what's going on. Is the, is the electric out? Did they not pay the bill? Well, it turns out that the maintenance <laughs> department have pulled all the fuses until they get paid overtime for changing in and out of their work uniforms. So this is another one of those harebrained schemes for Mr. Harmon and Warwick to get paid more money. Because that's how they're the richest people in the store, apart from uh, the Grace Brothers, because they make all that overtime. But this is like electrical terrorism, basically. Like, give us more money. Or you have to use candles. Basically, it's like the, when the the, um, <laughs> the Northeast the pipeline a few weeks ago, they put on that ransomware, and then there was a, a hold on gasoline. Oh, damn. Yeah. That did not uh, affect us up here in northern Mississippi, quote-unquote. <laughs> um, Alvin, what was it like? Did, did Memphis get hit by that at all when um, there was gas shortages a few weeks ago? Um, well... Probably, I don't think as the same as around the world, no. Because uh, mm, I heard okay. a, a few friends 
They said they saw people lining up all in the street to get gas, but here, uh, not so much. People weren't filling up their like no. trash bags. I, trash I saw bags. none of that. Okay. What is wrong with people? So Captain Peacock comes in and he's holding a candelabra and Harmon calls him Liberace. Now, I know that our audience is of a certain age who probably knows who Liberace was, uh, but why don't we uh, take a little deviation and dive a little bit to talk? I know, surprise, right? Well, you know, that's the first time for anything, (laughs) Jeff, is what I say. So have you seen... Uh, behind the Candelabra with Michael Douglas and Matt no, Damon. No, but he is a ringer for for Liberace. He's a he was a pretty good. Oh my physical, god, it's yeah. such a good show. The other day, as one does, I was getting bored and I was looking at Liberace concerts on YouTube. You can watch them all in their entirety. Who never knew? Because that's what <laughs> I do, man. So, um, Vagil Valentino uh, Liberace was known as Lee to his friends and Walter to his family, but known by his last name Liberace to the rest of us. Um, he was a uh, classically trained uh, concert pianist who found fame in pop culture uh, in the 40s and the 50s. And he always had a candelabra on his piano as an homage to Chopin, who was also a Polish uh, composer and pianist. Um, and so the name Liberace got actually name dropped in the pop song Mr. Sandman. So if you think about Mr. Sandman... Bring me a dream. Right. Boom, 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 boom. From, exactly. From the Golden Girls, right? There you go. So in the third verse. I love that everything is from the Golden Girls with this one. Um, in the third verse, it says, give him a lonely heart like Pagliacci and lots of wavy hair like Liberace. Oh. That's a good rhyme scheme, first of all, to be able to rhyme pa- Pagliacci with Liberace. How long did that take? <laughs> to write that? I could imagine, right? Yeah. Um, and in 1956, a UK tabloid tried to imply that he was gay. Uh, with no, one of his no. hit songs was Mad About the Girl. And the cover was Why It Should Be Called Mad About the Boy. Mm. And he oh, sued okay. for libel and won. And this is what, um, where he coined one of his famous phrases. Um, what you said hurt me very much. I cried all the way to the bank. And so he repeated this uh, phrase over and over again because every time that uh, a tabloid magazine would try and say something about him, he would sue and win and say, oh, I cried all the way to the (laughs) back. Look at that, right? So now that's a phrase we all use because of Liberace. Should they be getting our Um, money back? (laughs) (laughs) I want a refund. Refund. Um, Oh, jeez. I have to say, so, like, there's so much overlap of, like, camp gay culture and already being served and if you think about mr humphreys you can't not think about liberace because a lot of the costumes mm. and stuff that like mr humphreys being very wear, over the top very over Ryan's, the top even in this episode we'll talk about in a second like his yeah. costume but um i don't know there's something about like some rhinestones and although he i think he wore like real diamonds i mean it, crazy opulent like chinchilla fur yep. mink crazy opulence and you know who, who doesn't like a little bit of opulence bling, is everything you know? <laughs> oh, oh there you go opulence. alvin's right in there catching all of our catchphrases <laughs> references to other gay shows boom right? <laughs> mrs slocum and miss brahms come in and mrs slocum has red white and blue hair very patriotic no matter what side of the ocean you're on 
Very. Or blue, white, and red in France, at least. Uh, and then finally, our hero, Mr. Humphreys, comes roller skating in wearing a purple lame suit covered in red lights. Yay! And so, of course, he gets the yes. applause break, and he has to do an extra lap around the store so that he gets the time so that they can all see the entire outfit and everybody you know, going wild with applause for him. And I'll bring a full circle. To quote Liberace, I didn't wear this outfit not to get noticed. <laughs> Which he would always That's say. True. Too That's much true. Applause. That is another yeah, right. li- Liberace quote. So Humphreys <laughs> says that he is dressed this way because there was a fancy dress competition at the all-night disco. And it turns out that someone else had the same costume. And when they shook hands, the other guy blew a fuse because it turns out he was AC and I was DC. <laughs> Which is the stupidest joke ever, but so So, um, so <laughs> in the 70s and 80s, ACDC was actually slang for bisexual. Oh. And so that's the big joke there. Oh, because it, it goes ways. both ways, right? And they would have blew a fuse. So it turns out that in, in a lot of other languages, they have a similar phrase for ACDC, swing both ways, bat on either team, etc. cetera. Uh, and in French, mm. they say, a voile et a vapeur, which means by wind power and by steam. So like, you know, two different methods of propelling a boat or a train or whatever. Or a, a oh, boat. Okay. Trains don't right. go by wind power, a boat. Um, and then in Spanish, it's hacer, hacer a pelo y pluma, which means to do it by the skin and the feather, uh, by, by the hair and the feather, mm. which... We won't ask <laughs> doing what, though. Oh. Um, we cut over to old Mr. Grace's office, and it's dark there as well, and his secretary is sitting on his lap, and they're by candle. Oh, can't we just have one candle? Um, and he's telling him all, he's telling the secretary all about his very first job in a Welsh mining town. If you paid me tuppence a week, I'd come around at 5 a.m. in the uh, 5 in the morning and knock you up, which I guess means turning your lights on. If it was all gas powered, you'd have to like ignite or like set the pilot light on, you know, however you uh, heated or, or lit your house at the time. Oh, because this would have been like the 20s. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, but I don't get the joke. Even but, so, she no. looks so uncomfortable sitting there. Yeah, this is one of the few times that we see the secretary or the nurse or one of Mr. Grace's gal pals looking kind of uncomfortable. Usually they're really eager to sit on his knee because they know they're going to get, get a good meal or they're going to get you know a, a ride on his yacht. But she does look very uncomfortable in the dark. So I, I, have, I think we have to let one of the many cats or pussies out of the bag. <laughs> Um, cause I, I, um, so we all know what is at the end of this episode, the controversy yeah. of the okay. blackface, but this is also the last episode of old no. Mr. Grace. Yes. That's true. No, no. And consequently also, but no, I, I, I love Mr. Grace. Oh, Mr. Grace. <gasps> oh no! Now that's, that's a hot take. Tell us, tell us, tell us okay. why you love. Defend yourself. Tell us Alvin. why you love old Mr. Grace. Wait, 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 wait. Is it old Mr. Grace? We're talking the, about the, the one that was in the Office. At this in this old, episode, the Office. Old Mr. Grace is the one in the Office. Yeah, the bald one oh. with like who's not really old. Oh no, well, maybe. Okay, we'll give it the no, benefit no, no, no. Of the doubt. I, I, I don't like old Mr. Up. Grace. Uh, okay, I like good. young Mr. Grace. Oh, okay, Old Mr. Yes. Grace yes, yes, reminds yes, yes. me of okay. Tales from the Crypt. <laughs> ah, yes. He does. Yeah. There's something about that prosthetic okay. makeup in the early 80s. We were just about to unplug I your, so your sorry, microphone, but, if I'm honest, I, but 
One way ticket back to Costa Blanca. No, I have AC power. You have DC. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, you get a bell. You get a bell for that one. Nicely done. So, old Mr. Grace lets us know that um, his 90th birthday is coming up in four days' time, and every department is planning a surprise for his party. So, we have got the setup Mm. for the plot of the show, right? Mm. We cut over to yep. the canteen, and the gentlemen's and ladies' departments are discussing what to get old Mr. Grace for his birthday, because they obviously don't want to spend a lot of money on him, because A, they're skint, and B, he's rich, so he doesn't really need... And they work for right. Grace Brothers, and they don't For my birthday? <laughs> While you all talk about my birthday. 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 While you're talking about yeah. birthdays, I'll go get a coffee, right? Was it her birthday? <laughs> <laughs> So, Mrs. Slocum was telling about um, her, uh, that on her birthday last year, her and Mrs. Axelby played Postman's Knock down the pub. Mm. Aren't you a little old to be playing that? Well, the Postman didn't seem to think so. So, uh, she yeah. actually got a real no, Postman. No, you've, you've explained what Postman's and Knock was I'll before, say, right? I, before I, I looked it up, I thought Postman's Knock was like Doorbell Ditch. Oh, okay. And I was a little surprised when I, I saw what it actually well, was. I don't even know what it is. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's a children's kissing game. Right. right. Uh, oh. So very similar to Seven Minutes in Heaven or po- we were oh, Post okay. Office, right? Mm. So rather than picking shoes out of a pile like we do here in the States with Post Office, they pick numbers. And whatever numbers, I think, add up to 12 is who goes in the closet. I think that's the way that it works. Oh, so it's educational at the same time. That's lovely. <laughs> <Yes>. Right. <laughs> so the staff end up deciding that they want to get him something that reminds him of the hills and valleys of Wales, where the Grace family is from. And they're trying to think what Wales is famous for, and they're going through and uh, coal, rugby, and Miss Brahms offers skating. And they all take a beat and look at her. <laughs> so there's a couple things to unpack here. First okay. of all, Tit- Titford uh, is... Cockney rhyming slang. Oh. And we've talked about this before. It's tit is usually what they call it. But it goes tit for tat rhymes with... Cat. Hat. It's one of the things that they sell the store. So they call it titfers. Right? And so, so they would she's, say, oh, damn, it's too cold. I forgot to take my... I forgot to bring my titford. My titfer, right. <laughs> That's and so, just so Rob's hat. is hearing that. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Miss Brahms is conflating that and thinking it's an ice titfer, right? But really, the word that she's looking for is a Welsh word called estedford. Okay. And I'll ask, what gonna, does that mean? And so we're <laughs> going to bring up another one of our gay uh, uh, icon shows, Kath and Kim. On series one, episode two, uh, Kim is talking about going to Tina's hair estedford. That no one's going to be able to take her to Tina's hair at Stedford because she's not talking to Brett and um, Sharon's got a date, etc. Okay. So an Stedford is a um, traditional Welsh festival of songs and poetry. Right. right. Where you get together once a summer and like sing all the Welsh songs and like recite all the Welsh poetry and celebrate what it means being Welsh. And be Welsh with everyone. Right. But Kath and Kim repurposed it for just like a hair festival where like... Uh, uh, hair designers come like in and like we'll cut your hair. We'll cut your hair and like do like wild and crazy hairstyles for free that night. Okay. Yeah. But how did Miss Brahms get confused? I, well, because she doesn't know well. She doesn't know what an estedfit is and just heard it and just heard the word and thought about the, they must have been talking about titfords because that's the only way that she recognizes the last part of that Welsh word. Oh well, I heard, I, I heard ice. 
And I that's thought what I, I, I thought the same thing. Like, I thought it was Ice Titford. But I guess it's probably one of those... Because, of course, it's Miss Brom. So she always gets the bunt of the joke where she's seen as, like, not smart and kind of not right. worldly. So I guess maybe less so nowadays, maybe more back then. Like, to be considered educated, you'd have to know a little bit of Welsh language for, like, mm. things here and there. And she didn't. I don't know. Right. right. Because Mr. Captain Peacock, because he is also prone to very showing off, right? <laughs> yeah. He, he, he mentions two, um, two Welsh songs by name that they might be able to sing. One of them is Bread of Heaven, and the other one is in Welsh, apparently, called Shoshban uh, Vak which is Welsh for little saucepan. And apparently there's this traditional Welsh song about a saucepan. Mm. Who, who knew? Now I'm getting right. hungry. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> but that's not the song that they choose to sing later on. Neither of those. They choose to sing a different one, right? Okay. So they're, the, the staff are up in Rumble's office explaining their idea. And he doesn't think singing a song is special enough because it doesn't cost him, <laughs> right? Okay. So his brother works for the you Royal College of Heralds. Upper middle management, who doesn't? Right, who's got the money to spend <laughs> on a present for their boss? Yeah. Mr. Rumbold's brother works for the Royal College of Heralds, so he's going to get him to look up Mr. Grace's ancestry and make him a shield of his clan in um, from Wales. A league. Okay. So if you know any, so if you know anything about Irish culture or Scottish culture, they, there's everyone has their clan with their tartan, uh, with their you know the colors that they use, or with their family crest, and something similar in, in Wales. Yeah. Um, and we we hear from uh, Mister, we hear from Captain Peacock how Mister Rumble is going to pay for it by charging it to old Mister Grace's account and never telling him about it. He won't see. <laughs> And Powerful. that's what Captain Peacock puts two and two together. Oh, that's how you got away with taking this and this and this. And those nice golf clubs. Ooh. To which Mr. Rumbold never refutes it. He doesn't deny it. He I just tells like, them to move on. I feel like um, Captain Peacock was taking jabs at him. Totally. Um, for, for Absolutely. Their, for that moment um, in the opening scene when they were talking about the, the candelabra. Oh, the candelabra. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I felt like that was grounds for uh, termination. <laughs> <laughs> You're mentioning how I, I, I get these items for a, a good low price. And in front of everybody? No, no. <laughs> in subordination, in front of Mr. Harmon, no less. Oh, yes. my God. Yeah. It's amazing how, yeah. like, if you're upper middle management, it's okay. But you It's know, okay to steal. Mr. Humphreys misplates a 50-pound note, and he's de-sacked. Oh, that's coming up. Yeah. That's coming up next season. That's true. Right. Mr. Yeah. So, as always, Mrs. Slocum is in a hurry. She wants to get on with this whole production uh, because she's got a sculptor coming over in the evening to do her pussy in clay. They're going to do my pussy in clay. <laughs> <laughs> do people do this? No. Well, they looked at her in such, like... This is normal. It's just normal for her to say that. Yeah. Yeah, like, I, I, like I've had a couple dogs in my life. I never wanted to have a sculptor come by and, like... You're not going to do your dog in clay? dog and... No! But no? I mean, I don't know. This is before cable television, so maybe this is what people right. did before the... <laughs> This is what they did for amusement, right? But it's tittles. <laughs> 
we um we cut over to the floor and they're in traditional costume or they're in costume for the Welsh song. And rather than being traditional costume, they're all dressed up like Navy coal miners. Right. So they've all got the Navy boiler suits on with the hat, with the headlamp, and they're carrying a pickaxe. Right. So you Except- have to remember this is what nineteen eighty one. Right? Correct. It's like the very yeah. like the last week of nineteen eighty one. So this is also mm. during the time when the Prime Minister Margaret Thatcher, was she like battling the coal unions yet at this point? Uh, this would have been right around the time. So this was filmed in the spring, even though it didn't air till the Christmas special. So I think that during that time was when the coal miners strike was at least was maybe started. Right. So so the reason, I mean, it's kind of when I was a kid and I watched this episode, I'm like, coal miners, I don't get it, right? But at the time, like, it would have been all over the news, every, like the front page of every newspaper and the, the evening news every day, because the coal miners in Wales were on strike because they're like, we want more money, we're like, it's a dangerous job, you're not giving us the benefits, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, they yep. have black lung because they breathe in this horrible stuff. And then they, you know, it's just not, a, it's not a good job. It's, it's, and they need protection. And then the prime minister, the very conservative Margaret Thatcher, who we reference in a couple minutes, um, she's like, you know, screw you guys. I'm just going to fire you all. And I'm not going to give in. And so. Well, the, mm-hmm. the big, the big one was in 1984. The big one of our time was in 1984, but there was a coal miner strike in 81 from July to October. So it would have been in between the filming and the airing of the episode. Was this before or after, uh, is it Aberfan? Aberfan's incident? Oh, good, good memory. Yeah. So this was uh, what Alvin's referring to is where there was um, a, a mudslide, I believe. Oh, that, was this like, in the tra- crown? That filled the school. It's from the crown. That's the only way yeah. I know. Oh, that was yeah. horrific. Oh, my God. Right, yeah. Right. Like buried an entire town or something? Correct. In the, in the school... And the school was oh, like, it got the, right. the, the, the brunt of it. Yeah. Right. Damn. So that's why. So when you see like these coal miners, like that would have instantly like to the viewing audience of 1981, they would have been like, ah, whales. Mm, right. Right. But like today yeah. we're like, we don't get it. So. Right. They would need to have like the, the white and green uh, flag with a dragon and maybe some uh, fan, sports fans might recognize them from football or rugby or something. But, you know, as a little kid in Arkansas, I didn't know what the hell, what is a whale? I didn't know what, what, what whales was, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so, of course, Mr. Humphreys has to have his own special costume. He's got a white boiler suit with the pink neckerchief. Instead of a blue one. <laughs> Instead of the blue one. Apparently, this the, the suit was made for Mrs. Thatcher because she wanted to be treated like any ordinary woman when she was going down the mines. And there we see a big black handprint on his bum. They goosed me. So, that's a hot take. I think, Alvin, you're onto something there because it's exactly the same outfit as the episode when the ladies' department's getting refurbished. Oh. Remember? Yeah. It's the same yeah. joke. All it's the same wood. joke, yeah. But then, like, there's someone who comes out, and he's got a pink neckerchief. Is it, this, is it like a white coverall, too? Oh, that's right. The one that, like, uh, no one wanted to... Um, the guy, the one that's that looks right. like Steptoe got there at first. Yeah. That's right. Yes. Right? I'm surprised mm. they didn't, like, do a callback, but... You know, Steto get their first callback on this show. Come on. <laughs> right. So they decide that rather than the song about the saucepan, they're going to sing. Uh, we'll keep a welcome in the hillside, which is another traditional Welsh song. And of course, Rumbold has to conduct mm-hmm. and he has to play the organ. 
Um, so we get a very long bit about them rehearsing it. Uh, they, with a very long organ intro, and then they try singing unaccompanied, but they miss the notes. And then we get Mr. Harmon trying his hand at playing the organ. And unlike Nicholas Smith, Arthur English cannot play the piano or the organ. (laughs) So he's very clearly miming playing the organ. Um, Exactly. And we get, we get, a, we get a bit that's repeated at least five times. That's run into the ground. Oh, the, the wrong note. Where he plays the wrong note with a bass bassoon and it sounds like wind. It sounds like gas. Right? Mm-hmm. But the audience laughs at it every single time. And Fart. it's not even a polite laugh. Yes, thank you. Right? So you just giggle when you say... So uh, th- one of the final lines of the song is, we'll kiss away each hour of hereith. Uh, and so they all know how to pronounce it because they all know the words of the song, but they don't necessarily know what it means. Mm. Here I th- what is here I th- <laughs> If we're going to be kissing it, I want to know what it means. <laughs> right. And Mr. Robold translated, translates it as longing, but that's not quite Uh-oh. right. I figured Mr. Jeff would have some issue with this. <laughs> Go on. Oh. So it's more like a combination of homesickness and nostalgia. Uh, it's very co- uh, similar to the Portuguese concept of saudade, if uh, any of you are familiar with that, any of our listeners. Estou com saudade de você. I miss you. Fala se português. <laughs> there we go. Here I th- There we go. <laughs> um, why don't we take a break and head on down to the canteen for some tea? Now, Mr. Elvin, we have to let you know, the manageress, she's not very nice. You might have heard in our previous episodes, it's good to have an idea of what you want before you're there. What are okay, you craving okay. that they might have in the canteen? We'll have to place Ooh. our order first. Well, I've always wanted to try toad in a hole. Okay, well, they have a lot of toads. I'm not sure about the holes, but <laughs> they might be able to accommodate. What are you going to get, Mr. Jeff? Rizzles. How dare you? Rizzles. I'm going to have another fairy cake. We'll be right back. Hello, Unanimous. This is Mr. Brandon. And this is Mr. Jeff. Did you wake up this morning and think, how could I support my favorite podcast while also letting the world know that I'm a proud member of the Unanimous? Does your morning coffee vessel leave you feeling neither one way nor the other? Perhaps your smartphone cover fails to confirm your charm, personality, vitality, and youth. Worry no more. Visit our That Does Suit Madam online bargain basement shop. They've just come in. You could buy your very own That Does Suit Madam official tote bag. A handbag? Or an official podcast sofa pillow. Perfect for hiding your Paddington bear. We sell a fashionable face mask and a celebrated coffee cup. And of course, t-shirts. But don't worry, you'll find the sleeves right up with wear. Support your favorite podcast with some That Does Suit Madam merch. All at imfree.threadless.com imfree.threadless.com And you've all all done done very well. well. Okay, hey, we're back from the canteen. Um, My fairy cakes were delectable. Um, What did everyone else have? Jeff, what did you have? I ended up with some uh, chips and mushy peas with a little bit of malt vinegar. You know, that sounds pretty, pretty good. What about you, Mr. Alvin? Well, I didn't make it to the canteen. I had to go see Miss... I had to go see Madam Burrow. <laughs> yeah. You know, I was going to say, your coiffure is looking regal this evening. Yes, I wanted uh, some red, white, and blue. Like, she, uh, 
Mrs. Slocum oh. had. Double lacquer. So, double lacquer. Double lacquer. And she did give us some Japanese canteen wine. Oh, there we okay. Go. Well, I'm glad you <laughs> yes. did that because I noticed that Mrs. Yardley, the manageress, had a poisoned finger. And did not want, oh. and it was probably a good idea not to make the toad in the hole because that would have been the finger to make the hole, and you would have had to. Uh, but luckily, I think if that had happened in the canteen, a little birdie tells me that Mr. Alvin is one of our proud and essential oh. nursing professionals. Is that right, Mr. Mr. Alvin? Oh, nurse! Did she tell you that? <laughs> who, t- who told you that? It was on your, your uh, bribery yeah. form when you filled it out on the website. <laughs> I, I'm so sorry. Yes. Fill it out. I need you to send that form back to me. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I've been a nurse for about four years. Congratulations. Thank you for being a nurse, um, especially after the last you, year you. we've gone thank through. You. Thank you. Thank you. Is it Esmeralda? Yes. Very. Well, no. Is, uh, is it Esmeralda? Uh, What's thank your name? What was your good name? Gladys is the bell, and Esmeralda Gladys. is the slide oh, slide Esmeralda whistle. became toothpicks because there was a sh- toothpick shortage, and we had to sell her for the podcast. It was very sad. <laughs> so, um, yes. Yeah, so, what is it like being a nurse? Is it like getting better than it was? Hopefully, I feel like it is getting better. But I, I did work through the pandemic. Yeah. I was a critical a critical care nurse uh, in the last mm. year. I did work in Texas when. Mm. There was a, a shortage uh, of nurses, um, but now I'm I'm actually giving vaccines in my community. Awesome. Uh, yeah, and it's it's been going well. I, I would say in the first few months that um, Pfizer and Moderna mm-hmm. came out, that we've been doing numbers around fifteen hundred oh, a wow. day. Mm-hmm. That's great. But in in Memphis, of course, um, the num the numbers have slowed down. Yeah. Um, it, it went from fifteen hundred to about three hundred. Oh wow! Uh, and now I'll say today we we did twenty. But in in oh. Memphis, in Shelby County, you can like anyone from what nine years old or older can get a vaccine. Uh no, it's it's twelve and twelve ab- okay. and above. Okay. For Pfizer, yeah. Okay. But the numbers have dramatically increased, so it, it it seems as though anybody that already has had it has gotten it and they're okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, other than that, the numbers are are terribly dwindling. Yeah, which goes could increase. Um, yeah. Is there any type of like lottery or because uh, I think Ohio is like, oh my god, they have the lottery and everyone's like getting getting vaccinated now. All right, where I'm at, we were not doing any real incentives. We we did, but since it slowed down, no. Yeah, I want to say I remember. I don't. I don't think it was Israel, but it was. I can't remember where. But I think if you got a vaccine, every single person got like a hundred bucks, or something. Mm, and I'm like, why no. don't they do that here? You know, like I wish, I wish. But I, like I said, I I've had my vaccine back in December. Right. Like December, 2019, January. you had your vaccine. Right. You, got, you guys are behind. And that, and that was because I, I was working in critical care. Yeah, and yeah. I wanted to make sure I was protected being in an, another city. Totally. Yeah. And watching, watching what was happening around me. Well, that's good. Uh, so thanks for being a nurse and taking care of us when we need it. Thank you. You've all done very yeah. well. Um, and I am unanimous in he this. He is unanimous in this. Okay, he gets a bell for that too. Well done. He's got the most bell rings out of all of our co-hosts. I think um, so. <laughs> he, he did his homework. He did, he did. So, Mr. Jeff, would you take us back now that we're all satiated from the canteen? 
So we cut to Mr. Rumble's office, and his brother Mycroft is visiting, which is okay. played by Nicholas Smith in a dual role. In a wig. So, <laughs> in, in a wig. In a bad wig, right? So this yeah. is where they pull some Patty Duke shit, and they use a traveling <laughs> matte background. Now, you, now there of the time, there were a variety of ways that you could have uh, uh, done this effect, right? Which is okay. by either shooting the two different scenes and then actually... Um, taping them together or like physically putting the two sides of film together. Okay. But what they did here is, is a, an effect called traveling mat, which is the same one that was done on Patty Duke, where the actors would stay on one half of the stage. And you could tell that they did traveling mat because the uh, background props and the background decorations are reduced. Because what they mm. had to do was they had to play with the light in order to overlap the two the two film strips on top of each other in order to make the um the effect of the um Mr. Rumbled and his brother talking to each other. So okay, I think I got it. So I kind of like filmography and stuff. So I take one camera, I film Mr. Rumbled on the right. I take yep. a second camera and film his brother on the left and line yep. it up so that then I take both of those and project it onto one thing and then take that image as the third bit of film. There you go. Ah, I impressed myself. So no after effects. Right. So it's not yeah, like today no, where you no could do in front of a green yeah, so where you could do in front of a green <laughs> screen where you can like color key or chroma key someone out. It really is about overlapping or or, or stitching together. So it turns out that the Grace family can be traced back further beyond Wales. They moved to Wales from Scotland into 1843. So Mr. Grace, the Grace family, is really Scottish. And so his brother has prepared a Scottish shield instead of a Welsh shield. So then we see the staff come back in and they're all wearing kilts and there's bagpipes and there's drummers and they're ready to dance a Scottish reel which is a traditional Highlands dance. And so at the beginning of the dance, they're testing the swords to see how sharp they are <laughs> because the part of the dance is where you see Mr. Humphreys jumping around the four quadrants of the two cross swords. Yeah, yeah. It, it, they would do this dance in preparing for battle, and if the dancer got cut by the sword, then he would be wounded in battle. That was the, the folklore. Sounds like a good way to go. Does anyone watch Outlander? No. <gasps> where are you going with this one? Well, it's set in Scotland, and there's a scene where they do this dance, and he's really dishy. So that's basically <laughs> it, really. So, Who'd you say dishy? Dishy. Mm. Handsome. Good, good looking. There you go. Uh... Um, and so Mr. Humphreys is getting ready to do the dance, and so he's taking off his shoes because he has to do it barefoot. And he reaches into his sparring, which looks like it was made out of a fox. It looks like he's like opening up the fox's mouth and he pulls up a makeup brush and like beats his face. <laughs> I'm probably a little bit ahead of you when the when the fox disappears off the, off the screen <laughs> oh, from, yeah. the, from the whistle. <laughs> I think it's so cute. It doesn't make any sense, right? Miss so- Mrs. Slocum is like, walkies! And then it like dashes away as if it's a dog who wants <laughs> to go on a on walk. A walk. <laughs> What does this mean? But did you know what Mr. Humphreys takes out of the sporin? A makeup brush. No, not a makeup brush. What was it? This no. is a very interesting little bit of trivia. 
Uh, if only I knew these answers, these questions on that damn video with the drag queens, <laughs> I would have been so much better than I was. Um, he took out a rabbit's foot. Because oh, back in the I... day, uh, especially on the stage, like up until the 60s, I think, um, it was traditional, t- instead of using a makeup brush, because back then, like, you couldn't manufacture makeup brushes as soft as they would need to to put on makeup. You would actually take a rabbit's foot, which the fur on the bottom of the foot is very soft. So um, you might see, like, maybe 50 years ago, if you went to, like, an estate sale of, like, an older lady, mm-hmm. you might see on around her makeup kit, like, a rabbit's foot that you kind of just put your makeup on with the rabbit's foot. So that's why it looked almost like a brush. But if you watch it again, it's actually a rabbit's foot. Isn't that crazy? That's insane. I didn't even know. But I will say that if any drag queen out there that is going to RuPaul's Drag Race race, Mm. and want to dress up as Miss Slocum, I encourage it 100%. You you might say you're unanimous in that, I think. I am unanimous oh. in this. Well, yeah. here is a hot take. Here's a hot take. We okay. have we every time that we have had a drag queen on this show, or we've been on a drag queen show, we have implored them, please tell everyone <laughs> you know, uh, be Mrs. Slocum, please. Uh, so I've got a hot take, and I've got a reference. Uh, if you've been watching uh, a Drag Race Down Under on last week's episode, Michelle Visage made a reference to Mrs. Slocum. Because someone came, someone came out, I think it was um, Karen from Finance, uh, looked, uh, oh no, it was, uh, it was to um, uh, Maxi Shield, that she was looking very dour and very old, and she had like this, this, a lot of frills around her chest, and she had a Mrs. Slocum look on her, but it wasn't very good. But there was another podcast uh, I, I listened to uh, where they, I think, I think it was on either Race Chaser or on Sloppy Seconds. Uh, where they mentioned that there's a new rule that when they're casting for season 14, that you're not allowed to do any fictional characters disguised as the actor, right? Because you you could never do the fictional character to begin with. You always had to say you were the actor. So uh, someone couldn't go in and be Blanche Devereaux. They had to be Rose McCl- uh, Rue McClanahan, right? But oh, now there's a fun in that. Now they're not allowing that anymore either. So who, oh, wow. who are you supposed to be? So you have to be like you have you have to be the actor themselves, or you have to be maybe a literary character, or because it's like copyright stuff or something. I don't know if it's a copyright issue or they're just getting really really tough with the uh, with the characters that people are Aww. choosing. Yeah. So no more Mrs. Slocum is really the the crux of that idea. I'm Molly Sugden from 1975 to uh, 1983. <laughs> exactly. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> He's got it all figured out. In, in these on and off days, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so does that mean no more Mrs. Slocum? I think, on, I think on the U.S. version it means no version, but that's uh. not what we're going to see. We were going to see it on the U.K. or the Australian yeah. version. Yeah. Anyway, so. Aw, that's too bad. Yeah, so. Fingers crossed that maybe they don't have the same rule over there yet. Well, all of our dreams are just crushed, so. Oh, yeah. wow. So, just as Mr. Humphreys is finishing up the Scottish dance, old Mr. Grace's secretary runs in with a telegram, and it turns out they've traced the family even further back. So, the staff mm. go out, and they come back in again, all wearing these hooded robes, uh, where, uh, 
with corn cob pipes in their mouths, and they're all just kind of mumbling. Ah, rah, 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 rah. Uar, war, war. Uar, war. I thought they were from Edinburgh. <laughs> oh, the Scots are going to get you. Now, um, <laughs> oh. If we think back to the episode The Takeover, where they all had to pe- pretend to be the posh people, uh, Mr. Yeah. Mr. Granger's character was from a place called Somerset. And then he Somerset. started making that r r r. Oh, but he's from he's from he went to Eden. He's posh. Ooh ooh ooh. Right. And so that's who they're pretending to be. They're pretending to be from Somerset, which is a very farming country area. So they have this big thick accent, and they're singing a song called "Up from Somerset." So I have to jump in. So what's really cool about Somerset um, in England? So if you're in London, that's in like South East England. Mm-hmm. And then if you go all the way to the west, eventually you run out of England and you run into Wales. You run out of England. Yeah, you do, you know. Anyway, so um, right on the border of where Wales meets England is kind of like this little inlet thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so back in like the pirate days, um, this is what, I don't know, what, 1780s, 1790s, 1810, something like that. Um, the city of Bristol. Um, is right there. So it was a big, big shipping lane. So if you're going to the colonies from England, you would probably not leave from London, but you'd probably leave from Bristol because it was on the West Coast. It was, it was closer to, to, the, to the ocean. So um, interestingly enough, all of these pirates, when we think of Captain mm-hmm. Hook and all of these like pirates, could, could, Mr. Alvin, could you pretend to sound like you're a pirate? What sound do they make? Exactly, exactly. So what sound do these people in 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 Somerset make? Peter Pan. (laughs) Right? So what's interesting is the the stereotype of the pirate, which is through basically like Peter Pan and Captain Hook, is the sound of people from Somerset. Because they Mm. were all like the people who would be sailing the oceans and stuff. Uh, pirating ships. Uh, so that's why we associate pirates with that R sound because they were all from that region of England that has that really tough R sound, almost like they're American because we don't say car, we say car, right? It's kind of a little funny thing there. Uh, Mr. Brandon, could, be, could that be the last time we talk about stereotypes on this episode, please? Um, it's not. <laughs> if, uh, if, if I if I were queen, yes, that's that's we would uh, yes. But yeah. I will also just finish the, the idea about Somerset. I've been there, and they really do have the old R sound. And they sound they, like country it's, farmers. It's all a bunch of farming, and they have like cider, and like a, the big thing in that part of England is you grow apples so that you can brew cider. And it's like a big thing, and it's delicious stuff, gotta say. If it's brown, flush it down. <laughs> what? <laughs> While Mr. Alvin is sipping his, his rosé uh, wine. So sorry. In the, um, so, in, in the almost the final shot, in the penultimate shot, we see a, ca- a big cake with the number 90 on it and a bunch of candles. And old Mr. Grace comes in with his brother, young Mr. Grace. Hooray! Oh, oh yeah. You've all done very well. Yeah. And um, this is kind of sad, so explain it, Mr. Jeff. 
it, it is sad, you know. This is filmed in May 1981, right after the end of season eight, because it was originally supposed to air then. So and, it, it, we were like suddenly jumped like six or seven months when it was aired, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. And so um, the actor had to be held up by both arms, you know, where he had previously played feeble. He definitely was uh, of an advanced age at this point and probably of poor mm. health. So he had to be walked in by both arms, although he delivered all of his lines flawlessly. Which and how is great. old was he at this point? 82? He, he was 82 at this point. So this was filmed in May 1981 and aired in December, but unfortunately the actor who played him, Arthur Bennett, passed away in September 1981. Aww. So this is kind of a weird episode. And, you know, we haven't even gotten to the controversy of the episode, which is at the very end. Um, and I guess we can talk about it now. Mr. Jeff and I, from the very beginning of the of the podcast, in episode one, we started talking about, do we do roots? Like, how how canon are we going to be? Like, how strict? And I think we kind of decided that we want to give the controversy of blackface, like, all of the context we want to give it. Um, but and it's also, not the first is... time that this show has done blackface. Totally. Let's... But, but right. importantly, no. we love young Mr. Grace. And this is his last episode. So yeah. it's like, we couldn't not... We couldn't miss it. We, we couldn't, we, we, just for Young Mr. Grace. Yeah. yeah, because we really did think about skipping Roots uh, because it's not on BritBox. Yep. It's only on the DVDs. It's not on YouTube. You have to find it on Vin... Not Venmo. What's the other one? Uh, Daily Motion. Oh, the Daily Motion. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it's kind of a weird... Epi- I mean, it's, it's definitely a weird episode, but... The fact that Arthur Bennett uh, passes away is, you know, we wanted to give yeah. him a nice send-off, you know? Yeah. All right. So here's the moment we've all been not oh waiting for. Not not waiting yeah. for. Uh, they, he, Mr. Rumble announces that, that they've traced his family through Wales, through Scotland, to Somerset, and found the true origins of his family. So the staff, except Mrs. Ms. Brahms, come in full blackface full minstrel costume, singing a song called Waiting for the Robert E. Lee. So I had never seen this episode before because it, uh, it's really? been pulled from a lot of PBS Ooh. stations. So this is the first time I had seen it. But obviously I had heard about it and I, I knew what was coming. But And I under, also understood the plot of the show, that they had traced his family back, you know, back, 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 wherever. And I was expecting them to do some, like, Mother Africa Shaka Zulu bull that they, that they paste <laughs> no. him back to Africa. Not and at all. it's in, like, minstrel. So mm-hmm. it, I was sitting on the edge of my couch with my mouth agape that this is what mm-hmm. they were doing in 1981. Right. Um, it, it was supposed to be a parody of a variety show called The Black and White Minstrel Show, which ran for 20 years in the UK and often, often featured blackface. Um, it was just, it was very, very shocking for me to see this. And, and as I said earlier, this is not the first time that they've done blackface on the show. The, yeah. the Father Christmas Affair, where uh, mm-hmm. Mr. Granger had to sing Mammy and then the little black kid finally saw the Father Christmas that looks like him and had a and magical Mr. Christmas And Mr. Granger's wearing blackface as a set yeah. as Father right. Christmas. So yeah. do we want to, like, I think we should just open it up. Like, what? So, so here's something that one of the reasons I was kind of weird about doing the episode, Roots, because if you go to the Facebook pages, 
Love you Facebook people, the Are You Being Served pages. We get a lot of listeners and I post everything we do on those pages too, so hello to all the Facebook folks. Period. New sentence. (laughs) (laughs) There are a lot of people um, who, whenever Roots comes up, they say, what a tragedy. What Mm. a terrible thing that that episode has been stricken, ripped. No, excuse me. Ripped. (laughs) Ripped. From from the society we all live in. It was a simpler time, less politically correct time, a time where people could just enjoy themselves. And of course, I'm like, blood is coming down my ears, like out of my eyes as I try not to comment on every single post. So I think maybe for the podcast, it would be good to kind of say, okay, this is kind of why this is a bad thing. And of course, there's so much that could be said. Um, I'm going to post something on our Facebook page of a really good video put on by Turner Classic Movies. And mm. it's like 13 minutes. And it's got a really, it's got um, someone from the Smithsonian Museum of the African American Museum in D.C. And she really goes into the details about blackface and the history and what it means. But they do it through the lens of, of Hollywood because all of the old musicals from like the 30s, 40s, 50s, like, Judy Garland wore blackface, Bing Crosby, like all of these people. Right. And they say that, you know, like, we're not saying never watch the movie, but it's good to know what it means and the context of it. And, you know, I I remember I watched Gone with the Wind, which the first time I watched Gone with the Wind, I could barely get through it because I'm just like, ugh, you know, because there's so right. much like racism in there and like glorification of things that shouldn't be glorified. But the last time I watched it, they put a little thing before Gone with the Wind that said, this has some very racist elements. This is from 19... Mm. Da, 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 da. So I think when Jeff and I started the podcast, we talked about like Mr. Kato and the Rukas, that, that, that thing where he mm-hmm. can't pronounce the R's and the Japanese racism and, you know... Um, we want to give kind of like the context that if you're on BritBox, it's a subscription TV service. Your mission is to make money. You're not to educate people about like, this is 1981 racism and this is blah, blah, blah. So I kind of felt like the podcast would be a good place to kind of dissect Mm -hmm. that and kind of go into the details about like, this shouldn't have happened. It did. And it's still part of the episode, but... Anyway, so that's – I'm going to post a thing on Facebook um, from Turner Classic Movies, and it's really insightful. So I think that's kind of good for me to mention on the show. Well, I'd say being of African-American descent that yeah. when I when I first saw it, and I say as a, a kid. So you saw it as a kid the first time on, on the air? I saw it as a kid, mm-hmm. yeah. Me too. Watching PBS, that mm-hmm. I was a little confused. You know, my my family, my mother, she didn't allow me to watch shows like Roots mm-hmm. and shows that showed African American people being beaten yeah. and in slavery. Yeah. So I didn't get it. I didn't understand. But I was disappointed in watching. People that I looked up to, like Mrs. Slocum, yeah, Molly mm-hmm. Sugden, and um, I don't know his name, Eamon. John Eamon. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't understand looking at them in this point of view. Yeah. 
that they they didn't know my history. Yep. And my history was important in this in this mm-hmm. moment. Knowing what menstrual shows and menstrual sees look like. Yep. The history behind it. When I was going to school for the first time in college, I went for film and video. Oh, wow. So this is right up your alley. Yeah. 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 I went for U of M. And the first film that we watched was uh, Birth of the Nation. Oh, shit. 1915. 1915. And I was one of the, I'd say, two of black, two black people versus... 30 other people in the class. So would you mind, uh, Mr. Alvin, explaining like the birth of the nation in case people haven't heard about it? Ooh. Yeah. Ooh, I'm going to put you on the spot. That's going back. That's on the spot. <laughs> it's, it's one of the first films yeah. of the nation. It's, it's what my class started out with, watching to see what film looked like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like that's all I can re- I, I remember about it is... I sat there in a classroom and I saw black people for the first time on film and they were dancing and yeah. happy and joyous about being slaves. They were dancing, giddying, and happy. I can't imagine what that must have felt like. I was, pro- I was probably the only black person in the classroom yeah. at the University of Memphis and I felt offended i felt um i was hot i was flushed i was like i'm here but dang am i here in these circumstances where i'm the person of color and this is what the portrayal of my people look like yeah and you know i'm trying to remember i mean i think the university of memphis is a pretty like racially mixed kind of kind of campus right it's probably like half half and half half black Mm -hmm. half maybe Right, right. Like but a really diverse pop student population. Too. I was, I at at that time I was studying film, so I was probably the only black person. I was going to say in the, the, the film department in that time probably wasn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was the only person studying film as a black so, person. So uh, the birth of a nation is actually, you know. I'm not surprised that you're like, I'm not focusing on the content of this film. Like I wouldn't be able to focus mm-hmm. either if I were in your shoes. Um, yeah. the, the film essentially was a propaganda film from the right, Ku Klux right, Klan. Right. And so at that moment, yeah. when I saw, when I saw my representation yeah. of a culture of a people on the screen, I was like, I was hot. Mm-hmm. I dipped down. I looked away oh, because, dang, this is what you think of me. This is what my my representation as a society looked like. Yeah, we we danced, we skipped, we were happy to be slaves. Right, and I was, I I, I felt some kind of way, but I couldn't say anything because mm-hmm. here I am spending my forty thousand dollars as a. <laughs> As a student, there, there's nothing I can say. There's yeah. no, there's no feeling behind it because everybody around me, you don't know how I feel. You don't know how this looks as a black person. You can't relate to like how that must feel. You can't. You can't relate to yeah. how this feels to be the joke of a joke. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, yeah. what about what about watching this episode as an adult now? 
Did it bring up oh. similar feelings to when you, when you were a kid or uh, watching The Birth of a Nation or anything else you've experienced in your lifetime where when, seeing this kind of representation or misrepresentation? When I was a kid, I was... I knew it wasn't right. Mm. I, I, I knew that what you're showing me wasn't a depiction of what black people look like. Mm-hmm. But after um, U of M, after going to school and learning about their shows and vaudeville and all those kind of yeah. things, it was like, I love this show with all my heart. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Damn, Miss Locum. Damn, Mr. Um, Humphreys. Is this what you think of me? Yeah. You think I'm you think I'm Mr. Jumping Jim Crow? Right. You think I I'm just here for a joke? You yeah. think all these physical features, these stereotypes define me as a person? Your your eyes, your lips, mm. the color of your skin, you think that defines me as a person? You think I'm I'm not clever? You think that I'm less than I'm three fourths of a person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, damn. It was it was hard. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's interesting you say that because the very last scene when they're kind of uh, I guess jiving over to Mister to, to young Mister Grace and saying yeah. happy birthday as they walk on walk past the camera and say goodbye and that's when like Frank Thornton and John Inman and Molly Sugden like their name comes up. You get a yeah. really close up image of their face and because. The entire yeah. last part of the show, you can't really see the details because they're kind of far back and they're doing a they're song the and dance. Yeah. And, but then yeah, at that yeah. point, you can see them close. And I, it's funny you say, like, I felt like ashamed and betrayed right. by them, yeah. you know, because like I have right. such this this podcast is a love song to all of those actors and we love them and we right. we love that they've given us in our lives and we love the community right. that we've made and all the people we know who love the show too and then to see right. them do this thing which is so hurtful um right walk right past and you see their face yeah. and i just felt Shaking so ashamed for them you know yeah and yeah. and i'm not one to say not all fill in the blank you know but i think it's important to note that wendy richard refused to do it i was going to say there was an exception yeah you no know, she she right. did refuse to do it and the bbc threatened to fire her for it and she called their bluff and went on to you know film the film the scene without the makeup you know lest we think that she was some great bleeding heart liberal you know she also refused for her character pauline on um, EastEnders to do a tirade against Thatcher because she had respect for the prime minister. So, you know, it's, it's a little bit of both here. Um, There was an article um, about, about this episode and the father Christmas affair from WILL in in Illinois, which is one of the PBS stations. Mm, And when Nicholas Smith, the actor who played Mr. Rumble found out that it was pulled from most public television stations in the United States, he was incensed. He didn't understand why people were making such a big deal about it. And that is unfortunately of the time and of the culture. You know, the mm-hmm. the, the United Kingdom is a very different relationship with race than we have here in the United States, but some things are universal. In well, terms even in the of, 90s, I would think, like... You know, I'm from Arkansas, like I'm from not too far from where Mr. Alvin is. And the PBS station in Arkansas played played both of the episodes over the air. You know, that was 1995. So, I mean, you still it still happens today even. But um, right. 
Yeah, it's just it's if if they could this kind of goes into the question of of censorship or not censorship but like editing out like Britbox doesn't have mm. this whole episode. Yeah. No. They don't right. have the episode at all. Yeah. So yeah. should they just cut the last like just have the episode end at the point where they're talking about Somerset? Oh. Even though, Done. you know, as a as a kid, I I looked at it and I saw it mm. and I was like I know that's not a representation of me. I know I don't look like these features. Mm-hmm. I'm not. Yeah. I don't bear these characteristics at all. Yeah. But damn, yeah. So it was. It was. It was very hard to like separate those two. Like I. I know you think theater, and this. This is a very part. A very important part of theater. Um, you mean like minstrels and it's stuff? Imp- what you mean? Minstrel shows. Yeah. It's important to show this. That this is the only way to incorporate black people in this entirety yeah but it's not because you're you're showing my characteristics of being lazy being unhuman yep not 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 of society but i have to stop there stop there because i laughed at those mr cato jokes i I laughed at those jokes in um fire the fire brigade Mm -hmm. yep with the sheiks and because the, yeah. because they were so afar a part of me that I I saw the stereotypes as okay Japanese people don't understand the language and we we're gonna say what he wanty to understand make some familiarity with their language yeah. or we're going to say what is it with the air with the Arabic people, you're 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 barbaric. Mm-hmm. You're not oh, like we'll, us. We'll trade goats for trousers because that's all someone yeah. from that part of the country yeah. would know, right? Right. All of them coming out in blackface mm. with their lips protruded, with their eyes protruded, with their with their skin dark, except for uh, Mrs. Brahms. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That that made a that made a big statement for me. I feel like I can't persecute them as a cast, as a whole for what they did. But very different for Mr. Humphreys because you're gay. Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah. You have to live in the shadows. You have to portray yourself a different way. You have to miss like misdirect your life from people, right? You yeah, because you don't want people to know who you are. Yeah. You have to put on a different a different type of mask. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If it's blackface or not. You have to put on a different type of mask because people will not accept you for who you are. Mm-hmm. And to be black, to be gay, to be any other, yeah. To be any other is is very difficult difficult but i think it's i mean it's it's doubly difficult i mean you're right there's a lot of what do they call it intersectionality you know like Mm -hmm. you can be like a woman and that has a whole lot of connotation and you can also be african-american black woman and a lesbian Mm -hmm. like there's three layers you know so i mean there's a lot of layers john inman mr humphreys like gay and then like now we're dealing with the race with blackface and stuff um right there's a lot going on in that um 
But what I think what's worse is not only it's not there's something so insidious I think about blackface because it's one thing for a white actor on a TV show to make fun of someone who's black, right? We, we that's of course abhorrent. But there's something weird and like that kind of gets under my skin. I'll speak for myself that when they're not directly taunting someone or saying something racist, but they're sort of adopting that person's well, ex- like borrowing ex- the skin. They're exaggerating. They're-, they're exaggerating features in order to make someone appear other, or I mean, as Alvin said earlier, dehumanize them. And that's what I think is so shocking to um, our modern eyes, and pro- and even as Alvin said, when he watched it originally when he was growing up, mm. you know, it, it is really sad to see this as the state of the world in 1981. But you know, I think that one of the reasons why Brandon and I thought it was important to discuss this episode and this particular scene was to give everyone a reminder: this was what the world was like 40 years ago, and what was considered acceptable for television. And while we still, as a U.S. society, have a hell of a long way to go in terms of um, reconciling uh, our relationship with systemic racism, I think that we could all agree that that would not fly on TV today. And yes, Mm -hmm. there would be a large number of people who would be upset about it and call it political overcorrectness, but I think the rest of us just call it treating other people like human beings. Mm. Yeah, I right. I, I'm not sure. I, I'm still not sure how I feel about the episode being deleted from the world. I mean, so, I, I I get it. I, I hear I hear where you're coming from because I think it, I think it, it is important for people to see this capsule of history to see this is what went on back then, and I think that this the the show could do with either a a disclaimer at the beginning or maybe cut after the cake. And there um, were some episodes right. on BritBox that are not um, cut from the episode list, but at the beginning of it, it says race, racist language, as yeah. if it's like rated R, racist language. I think it was the episode with the, the Middle Eastern folks from, with the goats and stuff. I think it was that episode, you know. Possibly. But then, I don't know, it's an interesting conversation to have, like, should, the, there's what, 78 episodes, if one episode's gone because of this really insensitive mm-hmm. racist scene, okay, there's 77 episodes left, you know? Right. But, well, We're know. still gonna get the, re- right. the rest of the series with it. They, they, they scoped how people look at us as a people, the history behind right. it. Yeah. It was, it was really hard because I, I, I love this show hands down. Yeah, yeah. So. It, it's interesting. I did a lot of research about like blackface and the minstrels and all of that, and it started in the 1830s in New York City. It wasn't like a Southern thing. It wasn't like a Hollywood thing. Right. Um, but back then, of course, this was what 30, 32 years before the Civil War. Even New York City, of course, was very segregated. Like you didn't have black and white folks, you know, mixing together. Um, even in New York City, which we now think is like this very diverse place. Um, but it was, it was sort of like um, for entertainment. It's kind of very demeaning to be boiled down for the entertainment for people who are oppressing you. And then those people represent yourself to, them, to the, the white community. And they don't portray people as smart and blah, blah, blah. No, like they, right. they had specific characters. And you've heard Jim Crow laws, right? 
So one of the things I learned was Mm -hmm. the word Jim Crow laws, which were, you know, in the up to the 60s even, uh, in the South to like prevent black folks from from voting and et cetera, et cetera. They were named Jim Crow after a character who came from these blackface minstrels from the 1830s. Um, yeah. Who J- was jumping, 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 yeah, Jim, exactly. jumping Jim Crow. And he like no one's smart. Everyone's lazy. They're all they all are happy to be controlled. So it's just really insidious Criminals. that we're not going to let black people portray themselves in entertainment. We'll portray them for them to ourselves the way we want them to I mean, to kind of reinforcing the way that we wish society seen. would see them. Yeah, exactly. Right. So that's. That's why black. It's it's easy to think. Like I spoke to some people on forums and things who are arguing surf fans, and I said, "So how do you feel about roots?" I, I didn't lead them. Ooh. I just said, "What do you? How do you feel about it?" Blackface? Question mark. And everyone's like, "Well, you know, it was from the '70s, and you know, it's." But you know, when you really dig under the cover, um, there's a lot more to it, and I wish people would yeah. mm-hmm. take the time to kind of dig down to like, I mean, hearing your, and thanks for sharing, Alvin. I mean, it's probably like not the funnest thing to talk about, but it's you know, not. just to hear like how personally you take it. I mean, how could you not, you know, right. Uh, it's easy to laugh with Mr. Humphreys because it's all kind of a wink and a nod and he's not actually gay. He never says it, but he's right. hurting that line and we right, can all kind right. of relate to that. But it's, I, you know. I definitely look at Mr. Humphreys, you know what segregation looks like, you know, mm-hmm. what being, set aside as a person mm-hmm. and not being understood as a person looks like. Yeah. It hurts. Uh it was it was very, very, very disappointing because I look at them I, I looked at, at them as actors and the only person that did not go toward this situation was Mrs. Brahms. Mm-hmm. I really wish we could have found we did a lot of research about you know why did she not do this what was yeah. there must be an interview about it but there's very little about it and sadly these these folks have all passed away a while ago but right i right. have to say i'm very glad there was one holdout that one was like mm, i'm not going to do that right because yeah. black lives matter mm-hmm. yes they do Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah. thanks for being so open to like talk about yes. it. And thank you for helping us unpack this episode, at Mr. Alvin. We really appreciate it. And you have done very well tonight. You in- indeed have done, Mr. Very well. You have done very well today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and appreciate you like being so open and talking about it because you know we we always talk about on the show how we want to be very sensitive to social justice, and we we watch the news and we yeah. talk about when the year anniversary of this comes and blah, blah, blah. But because we're, you know, it's not about the TV show, but we still live in the world. (laughs) Yeah. So it's not something we want to shy away from. And, you know, I think we've heard from a lot of listeners that they really do appreciate the fact that we do try to explain, support Black Lives Matter and like talk about these troubling things about our favorite TV show. So thanks for I definitely thank you, you two, for making this bubble, this mm-hmm. um, this world, this time capsule for what's going on in the world and what's going on in society to move forward. Because when I listened to it, I was like, I remember that instances. I remember that phase. 
I'm happy to to move this time castle forward. Yeah, well, thank you. You certainly you certainly added a lot. I think my takeaway Thanks. is um, how you felt disappointed. You know, like that was an emotion I definitely felt. You know, with, yeah. with that scene. So yeah, um, So appreciate you contributing. So, Mr. Brandon, um, what are our listeners going to hear next week? I'm not really sure. <laughs> um, <laughs> Are we going to do the pilot, or shall we do season nine? What do you think, Mr. Alvin? What should we do? Ooh. I feel like people are li- looking for the pilot. <laughs> so you're a vote for the pilot. Okay. All right. Vote well, for the pilot. I mean, I'll we'll vote have... for a pilot anytime. Oh, uh, hey, okay. <laughs> Especially if it's one of those dishy ones from the airport. We do have a pilot episode we recorded, like, on a reel-to-reel tape recorder, like in a potato, basically in a potato. Uh, it was before we, you know, um, got sponsored by the uh, Are You Being Served and Limited Company, uh, where we bought the uh, That Does Suit Madam uh, compound in North Mississippi. Uh, so I have no idea if it's listenable. It won't be probably our best episode. I don't. We'll have to find it. I don't know. We'll, we'll have to go so into the vault. So here's, here's what we're going to do. We're going to send it up to our editors and our engineers in our compound in northern Mississippi. And if they can make heads or tails of it, we'll release the pilot. They've but... been working through their tea break, so they're getting overtime <laughs> all over the place. So yeah. we'll have to see what we can do. Maybe we'll end up pushing on to the beginning of Series 9. But <laughs> um, Fans, if you have any opinions about the show that you'd like to share with us or about the world in general, please, please, please get in touch with us on Facebook or on Twitter. Or you can write us an old-fashioned email at thatdoessuitmadam, with an E, at gmail.com. Or you can call us on the Peacock hotline. That's 662-PEACOCK, 662-732-2625. And we'd like to give a special thank you to Mr. Alvin for giving us this wonderful insight about this insane episode. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. And unanimous, as always, Mr. Jeff. You've You've all done done very well. Bye, unanimous. Bye. Bye. That Does Suit Madam is not endorsed by the BBC, and it is intended for entertainment and informational purposes only. Are You Being Served is a copyrighted program of the BBC. Don't do blackface.